you know, uh, skateboarding. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, so, you know, I used to see you quite often back when you worked at Madrid. And I remember back then you would go, I'd see you sometimes at um, Costa Mesa Skate Park in the mornings. Mm -hmm. um, that was about it, you know, that's like mostly what I knew about you. And, and But I knew that you were around skateboarding a long time before um, before I started shooting, you know, women who skateboarded. Yeah, I kind of joined the scene in like 2003, 2004. Um, so I wasn't really aware that there was a scene until uh, I did like a skateboarding clinic at Vans and Lisa Whitaker was there and she said, hey, are you going to the contest after this? And I said, what what contest? And it was the Wicked Wahini event at Belmars, the My Bloody oh, wow. Valentine. Yeah which wound up being insane. And that was my intro to professional women skateboarding. Like somebody just said, hey, are you going? Otherwise I wouldn't have known about it. <laughs> and there was a girl in the audience whose head got cracked open by a flying skateboard. And like, it was just mayhem. And it oh. was literally a bloody Valentine. And I was like, this is epic. I need to, I need to That's be a so player. rad. Yeah. And, and you, so you're telling me you rode in, in at Belmars for that contest? You wrote? I didn't know. I was only spectating. Okay. I didn't even know that there were girls contests. Right. Right. Until I wound up in Belmars for that one. And then I said, what is Wicked Wahini? Like, I need to start doing it. I remember this. that. Um, my my exposure to women skateboarding was like, you know, well, when I was a kid, I used to skate with this, um, you know, Amy Bradshaw. Mm -hmm. Back then she was Amy Pike. That was like 1978. And I I would sometimes see Terry Lawrence at Lakewood, but that was about it. Oh, and, and Kim yeah. Adrian. Yeah. Yeah. And Amy's still skating. She still shreds. I know. She's it's a badass. It's amazing. You know, like who was at Belmars at that contest? I'm mean, just off the top of your head type of thing. Um, what was the lineup basically? I mean, roughly. Well, as far as uh, my memory is terrible, but I know that um, Holly Lyons was there. Um, Carabeth Burnside. Pam. Wardowski, Pammy, she skated it. Um, David Everly, who back then, before he transitioned, was April Woodcock and competing with the girls still. Um, there's a girl, Jules. I can't remember her last name. She always had really interesting hair. She liked, okay. was like a hair model or something. She was only around for a couple years. Um, I remember Grosso being there. He was always such a good supporter of the ladies. I remember him being... a picture of him at that. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, who else? I honestly can't really remember. Yeah. I didn't really know anybody yet. Right. Kind of like my introduction. So. Right. And that's that. And as you know, I mean, that bowl's gnarly. Yeah. It's just a deep end. Like there's no shallow. <laughs> it's a roll in to like 12 or 13 foot concrete bowl. Well, the roll in's like this. I mean, it's yeah. It's like vertical. It's insane. It basically launches you into a vert wall <laughs> of concrete death. So. <laughs> I actually still haven't skated that bowl to this day. That was always on my bucket list and I never did. So. All right. Well, what a, what a, um, introduction to, to that, to that, that scene, you know, um, what other Wahini events do you remember from, from that time period? And did you participate in any of them? Yeah. Uh, basically after that, I started skating as many as I could, especially like 2005, 2006. That's when I really started like trying to make it to every event and making that a priority. So uh, 
Bam Bam threw the best events. Her and Liz Brandenburg and the work they did with Wicked Wahini, they just threw the best events. She threw one down in um, Cuatro Casas, Mexico. Uh, I've seen pictures of people in sombreros. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, there was like a whole photo shoot and spread in Concrete Disciples or some magazine. But it was a surf and skate contest. So they had like a replica of the Dogtown Bowl down there at this little hostel. And we all went down there and just had a skate contest one day and a surf contest one day and just spent the weekend like raging in Mexico together. So, but she was like mama bear, Bam Bam Tangolin. She's like the godmother of skateboarding. She would not only invite you down there, but she would make sure everybody was fed. She brought like enough bottled water to quench an army's thirst. Like she just was like, it was an all encompassing thing. Like it wasn't like, Oh, just come down to my contest and it's going to be about the skateboarding. It was like a community that she was building. So right, it was pretty cool and unique. So once I got a taste of her events in Mexico, I was like, I'm going to all of these. So she did. <laughs> she did the double D in North Carolina. What was that? I don't. I didn't know about that one at all. What was that? Yeah. So like, she got in touch with some girls from the East Coast, and she uh, put us all in a house in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. And the bowl in the backyard of the house that she rented was like a little ashtray bowl. It was probably like three feet deep in the shallow and four feet deep in the deep end. So it was like just this little ashtray. So the house had a pool. And we did um, a contest at, I want to say it was Curituck Skate Park. It's mm-hmm. since been torn down. It's not there anymore. It was very okay. short-lived. But it was the park hadn't even been opened yet. It was a brand-new skate park, and we got to break it in. So it was just, like, wow. smooth and amazing. And then um, there was a bowl in someone's backyard. I think they called it Wanchies. And I'm sorry if I'm offending all the East Coasters right now because of my lack of knowledge, but yeah. Yeah. it was like a wooden bowl with pool coping and it was wow. pretty gnarly and and fun and had like a death box in it and some oververt in the back corner and it was just gnarly and Dang. fun. Now, what, what, approximately what year was this? Uh, so I have no concept of time, but my best guess <laughs> <laughs> is like 2006, 2007. Yeah. That's gnarly, a wood bowl back then. I mean, that would that had to cost some money. I mean, yeah, it was, a rare yeah, it was thing. like a, a bold invert ramp. It was huge. Dang. So she found the most epic locations. So what what do you know much about her? I, I she she made a point to say hi to me, you know, at, at uh, Poseidon. And I just didn't have time to talk to her, but I've always wanted to, you know, do one of these with her. Oh, you should. Yeah. Bam bam changed the world. Very few people are aware of who she is or what she did, but she almost single-handedly created like the female professional skateboarding contest circuit. Like before she was around, she said in her mission statement once that she formed Wicked Wahini because girls were being allowed to pay the entry fees for skate contests, but Mm -hmm. then there wasn't any prize money for the girls. Right. So we pay to get in and then we, They'd give you like a pair of sunglasses or shoes if you won that didn't even fit. So <laughs> she, she wanted to make like girls only events and like kind of help draw more women into the sport and provide more opportunities. And she was quite gifted at it. She did it for a lot of years and she did it really well. I mean, that takes obviously an enormous amount of 
time and energy to and love and and some of her own money at times yeah she vision everything she had into it wow i'll have to make that happen yeah and that kind of brings me to the um one reason i wanted to talk to you i mean i always i always would always love talking to you even back in the madrid days um but is that you are beginning to you know talk about this in in you know which platform are you using for that is it youtube yeah at the moment Mm -hmm. yeah so it kind of came about because i i spent the summer rving across the country and so i was meeting up with old skate friends along the way and a friend of mine said oh you got to see these these videos this footage that i have and it's almost like a hundred videos from the mid 2000s to like maybe like a 10 year period yeah. of almost everything that happened in women's competitive skateboarding. Wow. So I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like a giant chunk of history. We need to do something with this. And so I got it all put on a hard drive and I've been doing some editing and um, just uploading researching, trying to identify all the skaters in the footage and, um, you know, just putting together these little five, 10 minute videos of women's female skateboarding on, on YouTube at the moment. And what's the name of that project? Oh, so the YouTube channel is skate herstory, like history, but H E R herstory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's, we're kind of trying to highlight where competitive female skateboarding came from. You know, it was just in the Olympics. And I feel like a lot of people think that it just kind of fell out of the sky Yes. or it's like just something they do for the women because the guys are doing it. So they threw on a women's event. Like, I don't think that people understand that there was a very small group of women who hustled and scratched and clawed really hard at this industry to get anything at all for the, the female athletes. It was, yeah. it was quite the uphill battle back then. So these videos highlight the women that did that and who dedicated their time and money and abilities and sweat and blood and tears <laughs> yeah. to this movement. So I think it's so important. Um, and I'm with you on the whole, how people forget history almost immediately. Um, they kind of take it from where they're at and keep going, which I guess, uh, I mean, that's a, you can do whatever you want. Right. But, but, um, nature. yeah, but I know that, that there was certainly this, um, a lot of history that I didn't know about it. And I just find it fascinating. What was it like to get to see all that on video? That kind of would have, that would sort of trip me out a little bit. Yeah, it did. It did. Like, uh, one of the first videos that I saw was, um, an event called the Hello Kitty Board Fest. <laughs> Hello Kitty was a main skate sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a, a thing they did in Huntington Beach. And there was like a surf contest associated with it. They put a bunch of skate ramps right on the sand at the Huntington Beach Pier. And then they even built like this um, snowboarding handrail of death that was just like almost <laughs> vertical and had like what you could call snow that they were trying to keep cold in the Huntington Beach sun. That's so (laughs) rad. Yeah. It was supposed to be like uh, the trifecta of like surf skate and snow, but um, there was a clip 
And I was like, who's this little kid that's shredding? Like, I feel like I almost recognize their style. And it was Letitia Bufani. Oh. And she was probably like 10. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, there's a lot of people like, in my day, you would say name a female skateboarder and people couldn't really answer. They maybe said like Elisa Steamer, she was in the Tony Hawk video games, but that was it. But there's people like Letitia Bufani is like a force. So to see like her as a tiny human being, being like exposed to this realm and this reality, I don't know, that just felt like a really powerful thing. Like all these events that people put together and all the OGs of women's skateboarding, like they're not, not the OGs, they're not the originals, but they're kind of, the way pavers is what I've been calling them on, on the YouTube channel. Like they weren't the first, but they definitely paved the way. Right. And without them, the Letitia Bafani's, the Amelia Brodka's of the skateboarding scene now wouldn't have had those shoulders to stand on. Right. So right. now, now it's a, I, I kind of jump around on this podcast. So I'm now, I am now curious about your roots in skating, you know, like what, how did it start for you? Um, I mean, I'm a child of the 80s, so <laughs> skateboards were around. I had a, a cousin who was super duper into it. Like he had a quarter pipe in his driveway and he lived in West Virginia. He came to visit. And I remember when he was visiting, he started ollieing over all my friends' skateboards. Like he laid them all out lengthwise and he ollied over them. And then he stacked them all heightwise and ollied over those. And then wow. he like ollied over a couple kids in the neighborhood and my mind, <laughs> like, oh. Like that just blew my mind. I was like, I'm going to learn to do this. <laughs> so I, I used to just kind of borrow a neighbor's skateboard back when I was like a really, really little grom. Um, never really got that far with it, but they moved away. Nobody in my family had a skateboard. So I kind of never really did it again until some random person just gave me a birthday present that was a skateboard when I turned 18. Okay. And I said, oh, yeah, I used to really enjoy that. Like, let me let me start doing that again. And I had, like, just graduated high school, and I was starting college, and I just found myself daydreaming about this little curb behind my house. While I was in college class, like, I'm going to learn to board slide that parking curb today. <laughs> so I did that, and I fell in love with it. I couldn't stop thinking about it. And then I got a job at the Van Skate Park in Orange, the block. Mm-hmm which was kind of like the the hub for a while there with the combi pool and all the pros coming through and the contests they threw there. And I just started skating every day, like eat, sleep, breathe, skateboarding. That's all I did when I wasn't in school. And one day the, uh, there was like a Mountain Dew tour that came through. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the official name of it, but we heard about this contest that was coming and I was like, oh, man, that'd be so fun. Like, I would love to skate in a contest. And then we found out there wasn't a girls division. Mm. So some me and some of the girls that worked there started, like, emailing the Mountain Dew people, like, can we get a girls division? Like, I know there's at least this many people who want to skate it. And by then, I'd been working at the skate park and, like, befriending the other girls that skated because there were so few of us. We all kind of clung together. Mm-hmm. And so we convinced them to do, like, a girls portion of the contest. And Wow, really? Yeah. They didn't really have any prizes or anything. I think they like last minute went to like Toys R Us and got like a toy skateboard complete to be like the trophy <laughs> for, the, for the girls. Event. <laughs> so, it, it was old school 
times and ways, but that kind of lit a fire under my butt. Like I skated in that contest. I wound up winning that one. And I was like, well, if I can do well in this contest, like maybe I should try do another contest. And it was maybe like a couple months after that, that they did the first uh, pro tech pool party at Vans, like the very first yeah. combi contest. And I didn't know anybody or anything. And so I was just working there and skating that bowl all the time. So when the girls were practicing, I would skate with them because they were quickly becoming my friends. And then at one point, somebody was like, why aren't you in this contest? And I said, I don't even know how to get in. And so somebody said something to somebody. I think I want to say it was Christy Van Doren or somebody to that effect. They like text her. And I was in the contest and that was it. Dang. My first pro contest. And I think I took like seventh or sixth. Wow. That's serious. Yeah, the very first pro tech contest. So. Now, who was in that? Who was that group of people? Uh, you know, just roughly, I mean, who who was the? If you're making a movie about this, who was skating at that time? Um, I can't remember who was exactly at that contest. I know Carabeth was there. I know Holly Lyons was around a lot. Um, Jessica Starkweather was around, but I don't think that she was in that contest um nicole zuck skated right. in a lot uh yep. elena holis sonia deans pammy pam radowski uh who else i don't know i'd have to go look at the world cup yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly now um, when you were first working at vans i mean you began to meet skate skaters that were girls and you know what was that crew like who was your crew when you were just you know the day-to-day -day type of thing at vans pretty pretty much those girls that i was just talking about like they come out yeah elena holis had a half pipe in her backyard in costa mesa so we'd have we had a lot of fun sessioning her little mini ramp in the backyard and uh who else i mean like the East Coast girls were around too, but I'd only ever see them occasionally. Like Susie Stragey was one of the East Coasters. Um, Annie, Annie Sullivan, she mm -hmm. worked in Sector 9. She was mm -hmm. around. She skated and surfed. Um, gosh, there's so many people I'm forgetting to mention right now. Christy Sanders. Right, of course. You, I see you skate, skate with her at the... Costa Mesa back in yeah 2000 something yeah her yeah. and Amy Bradshaw and I we'd all show up and just be there happen to be there at the same time so it was certainly uh a rare right I mean to see girls skating at Vans back then it wasn't like the norm it was it was there was a, a younger girl named Janika I can't remember her last name but she was around a lot we used to skate Vans together a lot and uh, David Everly and uh, Julie Kinstrand, Jules Lynn, she showed up eventually. Like, this is more later generation, but. Probably came with her dad. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And um, Elise Montez, she was like a teeny tiny little grom, but she was such a ripper and she still is. Like, I don't think people know who she is, but if you watch her Instagram, she shreds. That's cool. Um, now, aside from Vans, what what at that time you know what where could you skate for free you know like uh, what what parks were was chino around by then or yeah chino was definitely around they had closed the ontario vans um right. etnies popped up 
We used to skate at Etnies a lot. Um, the basic bowl was a big thing back then. Mm-hmm. You could get a session at the basic bowl. Um, Encinitas. They had the vert ramp, but they had some good bowls down there. Um, yeah, there was Fontana. Back oh, yeah. I love that park. Fontucky. Yeah, the yeah. original. Right, Fontana um, 1 or whatever they call it. Stadals, yeah, Fontana or, 1. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Back before they had the second one, um, Westminster Skate Park, uh, the Brea Skate Park, which was yeah. slippery as hell. Yeah. <laughs> but it did have a spine, which was rare. True. I've seen many yeah. people get wrecked on that spine. Yeah, that, it, well, because it was slippery as hell there. So, and my parents lived in Anaheim Hills, and there was a guy whose name I should remember. Oh, Rob Maji? With the backyard that was yeah. all, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I used to skate there a little bit. He had like a mini mega ramp there for a minute, like a car launcher. I know. And yeah. uh, he had like a lot of wood, right? It was all on a tennis court. Is that yeah. Yeah. It was a whole tennis court converted into like a wooden skate park, mm-hmm. metal coping, as far as the eye can see. That thing was fun. Yeah. I used to skate with that guy like back in the 90s. He was like a street guy. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I've known Rob a long time. That's, yeah, that's he was cool. He was always really welcoming and inviting. Mm-hmm. So. He's a totally cool dude. Yeah. 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 And then there was the pool out in Paula before that, that got buried. We used to session in the Paula pool a lot. There would be some wild parties out there because it was out in the middle of nowhere amidst all those farms that they had bought up and torn down but hadn't really built anything new yet. So there was like that magical time where you could go down there. You could camp out for like a week and – that's rad. A full live band to play at that pool, and nobody would know because it was just the middle of nowhere. Right, right. It's a uh, a thing that maybe is um, rare now. Which what I'm trying to say is like um, contests at that time or sessions at that time. It's a different culture now. It's a different thing. You know, you're talking about the Wicked Wahini stuff. I mean, could that even happen anymore? Yeah, I mean, I guess like if you think about. Emilio Brodka and the exposure contest, like that's kind of next generation. Like she, she got her intro to skateboarding through like Courtney Payne Taylor and the girls writers organization or grow as most of us know it. And she was at the Wahini double D on the East coast because she's from Maine originally, I think. Mm -hmm. And so she kind of got her, toes dipped in the water through those these women that I've been talking about and then she went on to go to what you see Davis and make that that whole movie underexposed the women's right documentary and then started exposure which throws amazing events every year that are street vert and pool and she yeah. like donates the proceeds to help women escape domestic violence like just doing awesome things but right i feel like the women that I knew kind of passed the torch to that generation and then they're Doesn't, doing it, but they're doing it differently. Like we, this was all before social media, really. Like we had Facebook, but when was Instagram like 2010? Was it? Yeah. Something like that. So. But you guys had to like, what, make up your own gifts if somebody won. And I mean, it's different now, isn't it? In that some people are actually making a living skateboarding and, yeah, there's prize money. I mean, there were a lot of people who supported the girls back then. They just did it with product, not with money yet, because they couldn't really like justify it in their budgets. 
people didn't think that it was profitable to support women at the time. Right. So, like Etnies would donate a lot of shoes and like the Madrids, they were always super awesome to donate product decks mm -hmm. and grip tape, fly paper grip tape, which is still the very best grip tape in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So they were always, there were people that were always around and always wanted to support the girls. So That's it was cool. just, it was more of a hustle back then than it is now. Like now people know that it's lucrative. It's a thing. It yeah. wasn't as much of a thing at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Back then people used to say, well, girls don't buy escape products. So what's the point? Hmm. So, That's interesting. Yeah. It's got to, it must have changed a lot, right? I mean, now it must be the biggest growth side of that industry, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. The girls are the ones who spend the money, ironically. They're the ones that want six pairs of the skate shoes, not just one. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's interesting. Huh. So. That's cool. Thank so you. I, I, you know, I'm so excited about your, um, your videos and, and, um, you know, it just kind of, I guess I got to a point where, because I, I was shooting a lot of stuff from around 2013 on, mostly all women, and um, and then I saw, and I kind of stopped, you know, doing it as much because it just didn't seem as as special, you know. It seems like it just it kind of took its own trajectory and became a thing. Yeah, it lost its uniqueness in a way. Like yeah, that grassroots, you know, which I know was the part that maybe made it kind of suck, but sometimes that makes a thing really good. Yeah, I know. It was special. Mm -hmm. It was definitely special back in those days. And then I saw Mandy and I'm like, what is this? What? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's still a lot of videos I need to put out. So I think there's a lot of work to do, but... Now that I have a day job, it's going a lot slower than I had hoped. <laughs> so, have you considered, you know, something like documentary level with this thing, or is this going to be this, or any kind of um, thoughts on that? Well, I was hoping once I started doing this and once it started gaining traction, that other people who might have random stuff on their hard drives would come forward and. That kind of seems to be the case. Like I know um, Liz Brandenburg says she has a lot of footage that she discovered and we're just trying to convert it to the appropriate digital copies now. And uh, a lot of people are coming forward with like photos and stuff. And so I'm thinking maybe like um, like an online museum of sorts or something might be where it involves two next and just kind of like documenting and time stamping the stuff the best that we can. Mm -hmm compiling it so it exists somewhere you know it's a part of history and people can check it out and yeah because you know there's historians for every subculture right like there's the person that learns to surf and they want to learn everything that ever was about surfing so they feel like it's important that this exists absolutely yeah it happens and it it created the trajectory of women skateboarding now so right uh, see, Ray Zimmerman, I know that, was it the, didn't he shoot some of the Wahini stuff? I thought the Sombrero. Yeah, Ray Zimmerman was around a lot, and he takes amazing photos. Him and um, Garrett Naka. Yeah, Garrett. Yeah, they they were there, and they got probably the best photos of the girls skating. They're both amazing photographers, and they're always super supportive. So Maybe you can hit them stuff. up, you know? Yeah, yeah, I've been, I have been, so 
just see what comes out of the woodwork and kind of decide where to go with it from there. Right. And so what people should do to check this out is go to. It's the skate herstory channel on YouTube. That's where you can get all the videos. I am doing a lot of promoting on my personal Instagram, which is just backcountry dirtbag, all one word, because I do a lot of backpacking. So I love that stuff. Yeah. Have you been doing that at all? Have you, you know, been hitting the road, getting on the trails? Backpacking, you mean? Yeah. 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 I did a lot of it this summer. I took four months off and drove my RV across the country. And I met up with Nicole Noller, who's a big skateboarder in mm-hmm. Denver. So we skated in Denver and I did some backpacking out there. And yeah, did Ohio Pile and Pennsylvania and just been, I did Sedona. Just been hiking mm-hmm. my butt off, Reco- recovering from working in the medical field during the pandemic, basically. Can't even imagine what that is. Uh, that's a whole different thing, right? Yeah. Can't even imagine. I, my doctor quit right before the whole thing happened. She, she said, uh, she was not old either. She was just like, you know, she you saw what's coming. She knew. She couldn't yeah. tell me. She was but... smart. She saw it coming. <laughs> <laughs> she saw it coming. I got blindsided. I was not expecting it to be that horrible. So I mean, how can you recover from that, you know? Um, I have a friend think... who's a nurse in Laguna Nagal. She used to work at Skatopia. Yeah. And it was, you know, it sounds like it was very, um, I know this isn't the subject of this, but it sounds like it was really, you know, life-changing. She said she lost, like, most of her friends because people didn't think, we can cut this part out. But, you know, I mean, it's people, fine. It's pertinent yeah. Um, right um and i can't even imagine anybody in that field like talk about not knowing what the job was going to become yeah that's yeah and i think that's one of the things that bothered me the most was there's a little bit of gaslighting from society in general like well you signed up for the medical field so you signed up for this like Mm-hmm. My French, but no, we fucking didn't. Like we signed up for car accidents and yes, a certain amount of tragedy, but we didn't expect to be watching so many people die such horrible, slow deaths all alone. Like mm-hmm. when you, when in normal times and you walk past, this is going to get really dark. You could totally cut this out. But if you walk past an ICU room where somebody's dying, they're surrounded by their family. Yeah, Families do things that make that as beautiful of a transition as possible. And as the person who has to face that every day, I find comfort in the fact that they're surrounded by their loved ones and their loved ones are doing everything they can to make it peaceful or beautiful or loving or whatever Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden these people are just about to get intubated and they know they may never come off the vent and they've got terror in their eyes and they're looking around the room for like something anything Mm -hmm. and it's just like a nurse an anesthesiologist an x-ray tech and we're like good luck hope you come out of it like what are you supposed to say you know right and then those people die and their families wanted to see them but there was nothing controlling the pandemic so their families weren't even allowed to come in and say goodbye half the time right so that's that's not what we signed up for that's a horse of a different color yeah 
Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize in that at that level. Yeah, that's um, that's a whole different thing to process. Yeah. Yeah. It was dark and it was heavy, and then yeah. the rest of the world wanted to tell us it wasn't happening. So it was. That's the part yeah. that my friend ran into is that she witnessed place. all that, and her really good friends would tell her that you know, oh no, you know, I've, I've been told that it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I actually lost quite a few friends because of it. Like, I think in a way it's, in some cases it's good. Like true colors came out mm-hmm. and you understand like who actually cares about other people mm-hmm. and who just doesn't. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's heavy. I remember when you were doing, getting, you know, preparing for all that, when I met you, you were going to school to do that. And, um, yeah. And, you know, yeah. I, I remember when you're, before you got into that, that, you know, that work. Yeah. Actually skateboarding kind of led me into the x-ray field. <laughs> oh, I wonder why. I know. There's a lot of broken bones. Imagine that. <laughs> but when I was working at the van skate park and, you know, I would be at skate parks like all the time in my twenties and people would inevitably get hurt. And everybody would look around like, what do we do? And I just found myself being the person that jumped in and was like, okay, I'm going to hold your arm while you climb out of the bowl with this broken arm. Like, it's a long way up. Can you do it with one hand? You know? So I was that person. And I was like, that's interesting. Like, I'm not creeped out by it. I seem to have the ability to like respond to it appropriately. I should probably do something with that. That's I didn't know that. That's cool. I, I, I used to work at Skatopia and, um, I heard that before my generation at Skatopia, just a year before, they all took, you know, training for CPR and everything. Mm-hmm. And by the time I was working there, it was just like, Ken, that guy broke his arm, go go give him a, a cardboard splint and some instant ice, you know? <laughs> yeah, ice pack. It, it, it was, I, I would do it and I would I definitely would um become a different person for that for that person, you know, yeah. try not to freak out so they freak out. And but yeah. I was crumbling inside you know it's horrifying to watch you do you're freaking out you're like your arm is in a z formation i've never seen (laughs) (laughs) yeah but that's kind of the thing i would do the same thing and then i had a couple people come back to me and say you know when i broke my arm or my ankle or whatever and i was waiting with you for the ambulance like you made me feel like it was going to be okay like you made me feel like i was going to be all right and so i was very flattered by that and but that's what got me thinking about it like well if I can be that person that makes somebody who's having a really bad day feel calm, like that's something I should use. That's cool. Wow, that's rad. Yeah. Thank you, that's skateboarding. Cool. Right? Who knew? Who would have known? I would never would have made that correlation. Right? No, no, that's rad. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I'm I'm glad that you talked to me. Is there anything that I've left out that you think should be put in there and that people should know about or anything that needs to be underlined again? Um, just support your local female skateboarder. <laughs> uh, look up Bam Bam Tangolin and Courtney Payne Taylor and all the things that they've done for the industry. Um, those women have sacrificed large portions of their lives and traveled the country countless times to create the scene we have today so are you in contact with them at all yeah yeah maybe you can help me to talk to them about you know something similar to this yeah 
No, I'd love to. Well, I can definitely send them the link to this when it gets put out and say, you should also do one. <laughs> <should. laughs> cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing that. Um, I, I wish we could have done this in person. I, I'm not a Zoom person. You know, Zoom is so unnatural. You're looking at, I'm looking at myself, which I hate. I and then, Same. you know, with, I think with Zoom, the worst part is the video, not the audio. It's so disconnecting. You know, it's, it's I don't know. I know. I know. But I'm, in a way, it made me more comfortable. I'm not the best conversationalist, so. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, it's just better if there's no visuals. I'm just like, you know, like when I would talk to you back in the day, it, you know, it was easy. Yeah. For me, it's, it's easier. But uh, I really appreciate this. And, and I'm looking forward to everything you post. You know, I'm going to share it all and tell people about it. And I just find it interesting, you know. Um, I, yeah, I, really I find that history really interesting, you know. Yeah, we well, were definitely there for a lot of it. Yes. Took, took amazing photos of all the ladies. Myself I mean, and That Kate. happened, right? That all happened. It led up to this. And um, I just feel like it's important. I do, too. That's why I'm doing it. It feels like it's important and should be preserved. So thank you for the opportunity to come talk about it. Okay, cool, Mandy. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. I hope it's not another 10 or 20 years. I don't know how long it's been since we talked. <laughs> well, when I make it to Southern California to surf, I'll hit you up. Maybe we'll hit be me up. Yeah. Okay. Take care. Okay. All right. You too. Thank Thanks, you again. Man.